With me, Noreen Mir, this Thursday afternoon, let's turn to our first guest and topic of today. In the next 15 minutes or so, we're talking about language learning and the importance of accuracy in grammar. To talk more about this, we're joined by Susie Nicholson, a lecturer in the Academic Unit of Teacher Education and Learning Leadership at the University of Hong Kong, a part of the Faculty of Education. Uh, welcome to the program, uh, Susie. Thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Hi, Noreen. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, thank you, considering the situation. <laughs> yeah, how about you? Yeah, um, I was just uh, saying to you earlier that I, I, I really miss having guests in, in the studio, but in the best interest of social distancing, um, uh, phone guests will have to do for now. Yes, <laughs> I, yes. I hope to meet you one day. Though. Oh yeah, I hope so too. So um, let, let's turn to the topic then. I mean, first of all, what is the meaning, first of all, of grammatical accuracy? Okay, yeah, if we talk about um, grammatical accuracy, we're, we're normally talking about um, the correctness of the language uh, structures um, that we're using. It's often contrasted with fluency, where the focus is more on um, communication, communicating effectively, getting our meanings across um, quickly, effortlessly, um, even though there might be some errors. So when we were learning English at school, we were sort of taught, you know, for effective communication, the three main things are, when, especially when you're writing, is spelling, punctuation, and grammar. Mm-hmm. Um, so just how important is grammatical accuracy in, in, in all of that? Okay, well, yeah, my, my context actually is, um, is second language, um, second language learning in yes. um, Hong Kong schools, so primary and secondary. Um, so I think I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say that grammatical accuracy is inimpo- unimportant. Okay, but I, I do have concerns that we perhaps place too much emphasis on accuracy of grammar to the exclusion of other aspects of language learning. Absolutely, and sometimes that can that can scare people off because of all the rules um, that that we have to learn as as a second language learner. Yeah, exactly. And I think for I mean, I'm thinking more of particularly about the younger learners. I have concerns that um, you know the impact that you know expecting students to produce um, 100% accurate grammar all the time, correcting the mistakes as soon as they're made orally or um, correcting all mistakes in written work, that this can have maybe an impact on their, one, their interest in the language because, um, or they start to see it as a subject, um, like maths or general, rather than as a a language, uh, something that they can use beyond the classroom to, uh, for enjoyment or to communicate with others. Um, I think it can also impact on their self-confidence as well. Um, the self-efficacy. Um, I guess uh, another concern of mine is that it gives them a, a, an odd idea about what language is and what's important in language and that language is ultimately, ultimately about meaning and communication and accuracy is only a part of that. Yes. You mentioned a, a really interesting point earlier and that's fluency. Mm. I mean, h- how would you sort of define that, fluency and accuracy? Yeah, I think fluency is basically um, getting your ideas across. Um, I mean, you can talk about it in terms of listening and reading as well, but if we're thinking about speaking and writing, it's being able to communicate our meanings um, without having to stop too many times, say if we're speaking, not without too many pauses. Um, 
there will be perhaps some um, grammatical inaccuracies in a lot of learners' language, but they can still be fluent as well as being, at the same time as being inaccurate. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. I'm just thinking of the way my my mother speaks uh, in English. So she's Chinese, um, yeah. but when she speaks in English, um, she's oddly fluent, but it's, it, obviously she has a Chinese accent and yeah. the grammar is a bit off, but she's very fluent. Like she has an idea and she's able to sort of communicate it, um, but the grammar is completely sometimes a bit off she uses different tenses yeah uh, but it's very fluent I, I I understand what you mean yeah and does that matter though if if for example she's making some errors but if she's um, intelligible yes. and she's able to make her meanings clear then you know arguably that is the purpose of learning a language right is to be able to communicate and make yourself understood and um, from from your observation, I mean, how important, I mean, are schools putting a lot of emphasis on, on grammar instead of, like you said, actually the, the fluency of all of it? I, I would say so, yeah. Mm. I think, I think um, you know, we do in schools. I think textbooks do. Um, I think um, we come to... we come to school for example as a teacher um, we've been through um, the system ourselves and I think it's quite difficult to kind of get away from that um, obsession almost with grammatical accuracy Um, but I mean if we look at how we learn a first language for example and what research shows about second language acquisition fluency typically comes first um, so what you're describing about your your um, mother-in-law, your mother, okay, then that's normal that you communicate um, fluently and then the accuracy um, typically comes a little bit later, mm. yeah? Um, and also research, I mean, if you look at, listen, listen, listen to young children, like my neighbor's son just walked past and he's four and he said, oh, I throwed the ball, yes. okay? But uh, I understood him. Um, but the fact that he said throwed rather than through tells me he's still learning grammar. He's just over-generalizing a rule. Yes, yeah. um, I, I totally agree. I was going to say my three-year-old daughter does the same thing, and they almost self-correct. Yeah, um, that they'll, they'll say they'll say they'll use past tense when it's supposed to be present tense. But I've never sort of corrected her. But all of a sudden, um, you know, two, two two or three months later, she's self-corrected, and it's yeah. because of immersion. She hears that. Yeah. She, she she hears the way we speak, and so maybe it comes down to immersion for our students to be learning. Uh, uh, grammar rather than this draconian textbook you've got to you know learn it this way yeah i think yeah i think exposure definitely and the more they um you know they're read to or mm. they um listen watch things on youtube maybe in the classroom or listen to things then um through that exposure there's opportunities for them to actually you know, to a certain extent, maybe even work out the grammar for themselves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from what I'm hearing, you say, you know, it doesn't really make such a big difference, but are we seeing these um, grammatical accuracy in language learning impacting their learning outcomes at all? I mean, maybe if teachers are focused too much on that rather than other things, is it impacting the, the, the outcomes? I, th- I think it can have an impact on some learners. I mean, mm. I, d- I wouldn't want to generalize, but I think for some it can demotivate Okay, so that they, they're afraid of, for example, putting pen to paper. Um, for others, I think they, um, they may just genuinely lose that interest in, in learning the language. They um, lose a sense of what the purpose of learning that language is. And they kind of 
start to put all the emphasis on using the right grammar and forgetting the importance of the meanings they want to communicate when they're writing, for example, mm. or how they organize their writing as well. That's as important as the language. What about that point, um, Susie, about, you know, when you're learning a language as a second language, some people are stronger at their writing rather than their speaking. So on paper, they write in the perfect tense, um, that th they write everything quite accurately. But yeah. speaking, they're using sort of, um, ha have you noticed that? Yeah, and I think that's, um, I think that's um, natural, actually, because if you think about writing, we have time to think. We can yeah. sit and look at a pe blank piece of paper <laughs> or a screen think about what we want to say but if somebody asks us a question you know we can't sit there staring into space <laughs> deciding how we want to construct, construct a it. sentence i might have done that a few times but well yes, i've done I... that a lot in french and german and i didn't fare very well I can well, well exactly french when, when i had to learn french as a second language i remember my writing you know i could fall back to textbooks and just copy whatever was there but speaking you know that the tenses were all, all over the place no i had the same exactly the same problem yeah yeah <laughs> So, uh, but to an extent, it also helps with the confidence. Uh, I mean, uh, the, the, the speakers, if, if they learn to be grammatically accurate, it also, you know, gives them a, a sense of pride as well. So how can we help learners uh, develop uh, this type of accuracy? Yeah, I think, I think it, one thing we have to accept is that it takes time mm -hmm. um, for accuracy to come um, and to tolerate errors in students' students work particularly in the early years um, if you think about um, people learning a second language for example or English is a second language some people never actually learn to use the third person singular the s consistently oh. yeah even if they've been studying for 10-15 years yet um, you know we we sometimes ex demand that of learners even though they've just been studying the language for one or two yeah, so I think we have to have realistic expectations of our learners as teachers or as parents, and in turn that will help us, our children or our students have realistic expectations of themselves as well. So I think um, accuracy will come, but I think it's good to try and get students just to risk, take risks a little bit with the language, um, you know, just to try and write, express their meanings, get them excited about communicating a story or writing a letter to their mom or a card for their brother and sister. And, um, you know, then they see that English is there as a language means of communication. And then we can start focusing on the, the accuracy maybe a little bit later. I was going to say, and how can how can students also self learn? Um, you mentioned just now maybe watching uh, more YouTube or watching movies. Yeah, well, well, um, I Cartoons. think for grammar, yeah, I think for grammar, maybe they do need some um, explicit um, instruction from teachers to guide them mm. uh, to notice the, the patterns in the language. Yeah. yeah. So it's not really sort of self-taught. They can't really watch some uh, TV to in order to sort of immersed in, in, in English language. Well, I think it will help, but I think um, for for a lot of learners, they need. Um, formal instruction as well yeah. for a second language, yeah. And, and how can you make it fun, really, for, for teachers? I mean, I'm sure you, you, you teach a lot of teachers as well. Yeah. And you, you come across, how can teachers make something like this more fun? Because when you talk about grammar, 
uh, punctuation yeah. and spelling, it, it, people might think of it as being a bit boring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think um, I think what we need to try and do as teachers is to think about how um, learners actually learn mm. um, a language. And I think one thing um, it, that is questionable is whether or not they learn by listening to a teacher explain rules, Yeah, which can mm. be very not only dry, but it can also be cognitively actually quite complicated. Um, so I think um, a good approach with younger learners is to devise, and this is what I try and do with my student teachers at the university, is to explore ways in which we can devise activities that um, we give to students so that they can um, actually notice the grammar for themselves yeah, by us creating very kind of guided exploratory kind of activities that they can do in groups. And um, we can see that actually learners, young children can surprise us. Yeah, I think um, they're often capable of doing a lot more than we, we actually um, give them credit for. Yeah. Uh, well, while I've got you here, Susie, what about the importance of spelling and punctuation as well? Oh, yeah, of course important as well um but again i think the same the same um thing um applies here is some spelling errors don't actually impact on intelligibility yeah we can look and we can, we know what the learner is trying to say yeah um similarly with punctuation but there are situations where you use the wrong word um or spell it correct incorrectly then it can impact hugely uh, on meaning, so I think, of course, we have to focus on those um, as well, and to, as well as grammar, as well as vocabulary, but not exclusively f- focusing on accuracy. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, and it's often quite um, quite cute when we see um, young children sp- uh, spelling out words and and the, the way they write. Yeah, um, and and you can totally see why they would see it, uh, why they would think it's spelled like that. Yeah, because they're spelling it phonetically, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. But which is also a sign of you've got evidence then of of their learning. And they're yeah, learning so, the sounds exactly. Yeah. So some some errors, are, I think, are smart errors, right? <laughs> can tell us you know the stage of their development and what they've what they're currently understanding or have noticed exactly well even yeah. as adults i'm finding you know certain uh, like word microsoft word you know it automatically corrects you even when you're writing in emails it corrects you sometimes you do forget how to spell things yeah oh for sure yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I have a teacher yeah, to, to also concur. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Susie, this has been such a wonderful chat. Um, remind our listeners once again, if they want to find out more about you and your work, um, where can they find you? Have you got a website? Okay, yeah. So, well, I've got my, I'm at, um, in the Faculty of Education at, the, at Hong Kong U. So um, my email address is n s n. And Finicalson, I-C-H, at H-K-U dot H-K. Excellent. Meanwhile, thank you so much for your time, and we've been chatting to Susie Nicholson, a lecturer in the Academic Unit of Teacher Education and Learning Leadership at the University of Hong Kong in the Faculty of Education. Thank you very much indeed for your time, and stay healthy and safe during this time, Susie. Yeah, you too, Noreen. Take thank care. you very much for having me. Bye-bye. Bye for now.